Anyway, the Bible passage, some of the background. Um, Moses had been up the mountain and met with God, and he'd been given, uh, given the law on tablets of stone. And he comes down, and they have a bit of a gathering. Um, the glory of the Lord is on Moses. Moses has witnessed the glory of the Lord, but in such a way that didn't kill him. If you witness the glory of the Lord in the Old Testament, that is an extraordinary thing. Um, and you drop down dead. God is an awesome, awesome God. When he come down from the mountain, one of the first things that they did was to construct um, and try and decorate the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting was the tabernacle. Um, and it was a place where the people of Israel gathered around, a little bit like church, to worship God together. It was the central focus of what they did. If they got everything else wrong, and there's a few things that they shouldn't get wrong, the thing that they mustn't get wrong is to love the Lord their God with all their hearts. Worship was central. And part of their worship wasn't just paying lift service, but it was bringing their stuff, their lives to worship God and, and build the tabernacle. I was reading a little bit back in the passage a few chapters before, um, and it was quite striking that none of them were to come to worship empty-handed. They were to bring the very best of what they had in their worship of the living God. So we join um, the passage today, and they've done that. Um, it's the Sabbath day. They're meant to keep the Sabbath day holy, and he calls them to make an offering, Exodus 35.5, and they bring precious goods and their abilities. And verse 21, everyone who was willing, whose heart was moved... Everyone who was willing, whose heart was moved, for if they weren't willing and their hearts weren't moved, they can sort of count them out. But maybe those people are counting themselves out of something far greater of what it means to be in the family of God. Um, but they brought their offerings for the work on the tent of meeting, uh, this place of central focus, of prayer, of worship and fellowship. And I suppose there was a little bit of a heart test went on first. And our hearts are sometimes me measured, and it depends on our capacity in every way, but given that God's given so much to us, what's our response? And the Lord was looking for an appropriate and a fitting response that was going to be unique to each and every person that was in that fellowship of believers. The question, I suppose, did they love their stuff or what they chose to do with their time more than their love for the living God? Did they love their stuff or what they chose to do with their time without reference to God and their skills more than the living God? Then, Exodus 35, verses 30 and 31. Bezalel was chosen and filled with the Spirit of God. So my first point 
is that Bezalel was chosen and gifted, I'd want to argue that we're all chosen and appropriately gifted to live out our lives as a worship offering and in service to the living God. Bezalel was chosen and filled with the Spirit of God. Creativity was released. I think this is the first reference that I can find of the Spirit's work gifting people. I might have missed a few. Do correct me if I'm wrong. But the Spirit of God was involved in creation. Now the Spirit of God is involved, if you like, in recreation, releasing creative gifts in the people of God. That's the first spiritual gift. Then also others were invited to bring their gifts. And when we think about gifts of the Spirit, um, we don't normally have this list. Verse 35, engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple and scarlet. Maybe there's a different skill for making those different colors. I don't know. Um, Those um, working with fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. Verse 34, and I think this is quite important. It's all very well that Bezalel was gifted in this way, but that wasn't enough. He had the ability, verse 34, and was called to teach others to pass it on. I long to be in a church that passes on the faith to babies to our children, to the youth group, to our seniors. But it's not just enough to pass it on to them. We're called to pass it on to the next generation and the next and the next and the next, to our children's children's children. So if you're gifted by the Lord, can I challenge you this morning that you pray for a bit of succession planning and know and ask God to discern with you, help you discern who you might like to ask to consider to do a few things. Did did you all get um, a jigsaw puzzle piece on the way in? If you haven't got a jigsaw puzzle piece, you will need one. So wave and we'll get A few at the front, just here. Thank you so much. While you're... I'd like to um, talk a little bit about jigsaws to start off with. Uh, When we were thinking about today, Ada independently thought of a a jigsaw-type theme. We have a a preschool called Jigsaw. You look, look over there... She said, could you be the missing piece? Um, we had a really lovely picture for the front of um, these booklets today. But on reflection, as we were thinking about it, Peter Meadows wrote, and he says, Patrick, you need to have a jigsaw piece on the front. And I'll explain a little bit more in a second. Um, when I was um, moving to this church... Quite a few people had words of encouragement and prophecy from my old church, but I visited a couple that I didn't know that well. And the lady, when she was um, 
praying for me. She says, Patrick, I've got a picture of a jigsaw piece. And I believe that you're called to go to Holy Trinity. And the shape that you're meant to fit in has already been prepared for. You don't have to do very much. You just have to turn up and be the shape, faithfully be the shape and the person that God's called you to be. So here I am. That was quite a pressure off me, actually. Because you're like quite a significant bunch of people in church with a little bit of a reputation with some folks that have been a little bit gifted in the past. But just to be told that you could just come as your jigsaw piece and just do your little thing, and that was okay, was really, really releasing. I'd like to put it to you, and you'll, we're going to do a little reflection But what's true of me is true of each and every person in this place. It really, really is. Now, Peter was going to come and do this. And we sort of changed it at the last minute because this is his idea. And this is like the body of Christ working together. This is not my idea what I'm doing now. But it works. And maybe just mediated through the vicar, Peter's words. I pray that God will touch you in a very, very powerful way. So I'd like you just to hold the jigsaw piece that you were given. And just to consider that there's no other piece exactly like this one. That that piece, you, are an essential part in the big picture, in God's big story for Holy Trinity Claygate. In fact, without you, the picture is incomplete. Some pieces are more colourful than others, seemingly more or less important. Like the corners or the edges. But all are vital and each one needs the other. We don't know what the big picture is, but we're part of a picture that God has decided. He knows exactly where you fit. The saddest experience is to find the puzzle that you've been working on has a piece or two missing. God's word to you this morning, please don't go missing. We're in it together, indispensable, all with a part to play. So the first thing this morning is we're called, you're called, and gifted. The second, it's about being willing and able. Exodus 36, verse 2. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability. Every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability. 
and who was willing to come and do the work. Without exception. In the um, parish profile of the job that I responded to, there was four things, and I repeat this over and over, I'm going to repeat it loads, but one of the things that you said that you wanted as a church, it might just have been the PCC, or one or two people on the PCC, but they actually said that you wanted everyone to be involved. I've been learning this week that getting lots of people involved is a little bit messy. And I, words from my sending church training incumbent sort of came to mind. And he had a special book uh, on his bookshelf and the Bible as well. And it used to be called Building with Bananas. And he said that actually sort of building church maybe isn't quite shaped always as we imagine, but God has the big picture and it's a little bit messy actually sometimes involving other people because they don't want to be involved or they don't respect your leadership or, 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 or. But sometimes we do it anyway. Anyway, it's been a bit, I don't know whether I've created stress in the staff team suggesting that we do this today, a little bit of stress because it's a new thing and how we're going to organise ourselves and everything. And I, I led a staff meeting and I didn't think it went at all well a few weeks ago. And um, so I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I went burst into the office. I said, Janet, I said, we need a plan. We need a plan of the whole church. So Janice, Janet produced me a plan. I said, no, we need another plan, I think, is what I said at the time. And she came and brought another plan without sort of chairs and everything on it. I said, we need some post-its. So we got some post-its and sort of cut them up. And I thought it would be quite a releasing thing to do something in concrete that was just sort of buzzing around, probably vacuously, some would suggest, in my little head. And we did that, and we got the plan for what the church is going to... Have we got um, a picture of what that might have looked like on the screen? The next slide... So that's what we did. And then after that, Holly came and we decided, well, um, she said the youth and the children's a bit rowdy together, so let's move the youth from over there to over there. And that's what we did. And I looked at it and I said, um, Janet, what's the purpose of all of this? Surely the purpose of all of this isn't doing sort of fancy stuff and displays. The purpose of all of this is that we make our offering to the Lord. So I said to Janet, I said, we need uh, four red buckets, to which I think she said, oh, no, Patrick, you don't want them branded as well, do you? I'm not quite sure she said that. And I said, no, just four red buckets. They happen to be branded, and I didn't ask for that at all. So we got four red buckets, the post-it, and we stuck it bang in the middle of our plan. And you'll be able to see that right in the middle. At that point, Holly comes back, and she says, um, she says, excuse me, Patrick, what is it with the, the four red buckets? Well, it, and I'll probably explain it. It's obvious, isn't it? Because there's no point in doing this if we don't offer anything. If you want to offer anything, you've got to have something to collect the offering in. And I just thought four red buckets would be the right thing to do. 
Then she said, Patrick, yesterday I went on the internet and I ordered four red buckets. And then she came back into the office and produced the four red buckets. With the jigsaw and the buckets and me thinking I'm upsetting the staff team, isn't it really assuring sometimes when you know that God is on your case? And he's already pre-ordered and pre-ordained some things. So we do have four red buckets. And we invite you. And it might be just to put something in there, your offering. And I'm going to explain that to you in a few moments. We'd have some worship. And you're free to either sit where you are. Um, we're going to probably, it's probably up until about... Um, maybe not even 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes or so. You haven't got long to do this. But just to go and observe what's going on, there's um, questionnaires to fill in. You can do it on your phone or a different time. And I just want to release you from feeling any sense of guilt around this. If all you do is read it and give thanks to God for all the significant ways that people are serving in the church, that's an absolute massive win. If you read it and are able to put on there um, areas in which you serve, that will really help us. If you read it and you can't think of any box to tick, uh, apart from um, already involved, uh, sorry, want to, I think they probably, you can't think of any box to tick, then that's okay. Can I say under the discipleship section, prayer mission is on page three. If you go seven down, I think there's probably a box that most of us might want to consider ticking. And that's support areas of our ministry in prayer. So if you don't tick any other box and felt you could tick that box, we'd think it was absolutely amazing. And on the back, if we've forgotten anything or you can think of another way that you want to bring your unique offering to God, I encourage you to fill this in. So, lots of things going on. Ministry leads are doing different things. In the pastoral care section, if you're really quick, one or two people getting hand massages, that's what they do on Tuesday. Uh, David over there, um, he sent me a beautiful Christmas card um, which he painted and there's just my, the card that he gave me and just opportunities. We want to release creative gifts, whether it be puppets or art or different ways um, and practical things like moving chairs. But have a look on the list. Prayerfully consider it. And I don't know, as a spiritual discipline, am I being unreasonable to say I'd love to have a 100% response? Even if it's just the fact that you've read the form. Let's worship.